Philippians chapter 4, and this morning I'm going to have regular, well, uh, some verses, and well, that we're going to be, well, we are probably very, very familiar with, and I'm going to be bringing out uh, some things in the message this morning. I, I kind of toyed over which, what I wanted to bring. I wasn't sure which direction to go because I had started another one. And uh, then I I guess the Lord just had me go to Philippians chapter 4. But I think if you, not this coming Wednesday, but the Wednesday after, I'll be bringing the uh, Wednesday night service. I'll have that one. And if you come back then, I might. I might. I'm not sure how the Lord will lead, but I might bring that one. And uh, if you're interested in what it'll be, maybe it'll entice you to see if I can even make that one work. Uh, but it's going to be titled, How to Be a Failure. Want to know how to fail? Come out. Uh, let's see. I don't know what date that'll be, but it's a week from this coming Wednesday. This coming Wednesday be here. Oh, it's the, what, the 20. 20th. Okay, so be here on the 20th that night, and we'll have that one. But this coming Sunday night, come back anyway, because uh, Brother Matt's going to have this one Wednesday, this Wednesday. So come and hear him, and he won't be playing the piano then, I think. (laughs) Oh, my. We put him to work around here. But... Philippians chapter 4, and verses 4 and 5, very familiar for verses, and, well, and uh, 6 and 7, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's look to him in prayer. Father, we come to you this this morning. And Lord, we thank you for just your goodness to us each day. And Lord, the opportunity we have to come together in this country and just open your word freely. And we ask now that you would just be the guiding force. Lord, use what's said this morning. Lord, that I might encourage your people. And Lord, that we might stand as we should by your side. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And... I'm going to be bringing the message on just a few words and verse 5, the last part where it says, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. That means he's close by. He's there. He's where we need him, when we need him. And in preparing this, I... You know, the pastor always comes up with something in the beginning. Uh, He has, I don't know what it is, but he can come up with some of the wildest stories. 
and they all pertain to what it is. I didn't do that because I got to thinking about this country of ours and uh, what's going on even right now, and I think we need encouragement in just God's people. The Lord is at hand. He's here with us. He knows what's going on. He has, nothing takes him by surprise is what I heard one preacher say. Uh, it's just, now we may be surprised by some things, and we, I believe we were in the past months uh, here, but uh, God was not surprised. He knew what was going on, and he knows what we need, and he's there. He is at hand. And the first thing I brought up, the first point I want to bring out, and this, like every preacher says, this may not take too long. But our pastor, that never works. Uh, but with me, once in a while, it does. But the Lord is at hand in his watch care, in his care over us. You know, in Hebrews chapter 4, and verses 15 and 16, it says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may, find, uh, may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He's saying, Come to me in time of need. He's only as far away from us as a prayer. In fact, he's closer than that, but it's a term that we can hang on to. God is always there with us. Whatever goes on, he's right there next to us. He's the one that's hopefully guiding in our lives, and we're following what he would have. But he's at hand to help us through times of trial, help us through times of indecision, help us through times when uh, we have heartaches, problems, and, you know, and I'm not sure what problems or heartaches there are, needs that are in anyone in the, this congregation this morning. But if any have those needs, God is there. He is at hand. So many times we as God's people will not respond to that and not realize that until we get to the point where we're down on our back or we're uh, down to where we just can't seem to think straight. And then someone says, well, have you tried praying? Or you'll finally realize that, you know, God is there. He'll help. And we need to realize that when times of difficulty, when times of hurt, when times of things around us just seem to be falling apart and going the wrong way, God is there. He's at hand. And he's willing and trying to help. Uh, if we will acknowledge him, come to him, he will help. We just have to be willing to open ourselves to him. You know, 
in our time of need. You know, Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And the rest that he talks about is not, a, not so much a physical rest, although that's probably what we would uh, really want. It's more of a spiritual rest, an emotional rest, to where we can lean upon him and watch the worries slowly fade down and be able to be strengthened in our daily life. You know, sometimes we, as we try that, we say, well, God didn't do that for me. Well, give him time. You know, one thing I've found out and found out many, many times, and you know what that is? That God doesn't work as quick as I want him to. He does work, but sometimes it, it takes a while in our terms, but he knows exactly what's going on, and he's at hand, and sometimes we have to endure a few things, but eventually God will come through, and we'll, maybe if he says, well, like he did to uh, Paul, you're going to endure that. You're going to put up with that because it helps you to come to me and realize that I'm there. Keeps you closer to me. And Paul accepted it. There are times when we have to do that. There are some things that come our way that we don't want, we don't appreciate. But God says, sometimes I allow you to stay with or them to stay with you. And then you can call upon me and know that I am there as I help you through those times, even though they're still going to remain with us. So he says, call unto me that labor and are heavy laden. When you work at something and you find that it's a, a burden that's hard to carry, it's a burden that boy, we'd rather do without. We don't want to hold on to it anymore. And he says, you just come to me and I'll help you. I'm there. I'll give you the rest you need. And most of the time, the problem is not with God, but with the fact that we don't put him to use. His watch care is there. His help is there. But we don't put him to use many times. So we need to make sure we make use of him. And, you know, one of the first things that came to my mind, well, it wasn't the first, but it was pretty close, uh, to looking to God for everything is someone that does not know him. Now, we say, but everybody in this country knows God. No, they know the name. They know the name Jesus and they say they know about God. They know that his word is there. And some say that they actually do know him. But they have not really come to know him. They have never really sat down and admitted that they are a sinner. And that they need 
God to save them, open the doors to heaven, the entrance that they need. They are depending on themselves and their own knowledge, their own feelings to get them to heaven one day. And really, they're having, <laughs> they're going to have a hard time for that because the Bible says that it's not through us and not through that which we believe, but it's what he has already done. So he says in Romans 10, 13, very familiar verse, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's just a matter of calling on him, realizing what he has done, and he's there. He's at hand. He's close by. Even for those that may feel that, man, I've, what I've done could never, ever be forgiven by anyone. And I've met people like that. Uh, it's tragic when you talk to someone about the and tell them salvation is free and tell them that they can come to know him and be one of his children and know that he's opened the doors of heaven that one day when you pass off this earth, you're going to be with him. And they'll say, no, I'll never make it. Had one when I was in college and I was out in Chicago and I was trying to uh, tell people about the Lord. And I actually had a man that I was in his living room and he told me, he says, God would never forgive me for what I've done. And he said, I said, well, yes, he would. It doesn't matter. And then he went on to try and tell me all that he had done, and I didn't want to hear it. I mean, what he had done in man's sight and in man's view and thinking, he would be right. God would never forgive that because we would probably never forgive that. But God would. What he had done, I mean, in his, just his short life, he couldn't have been more than in his 40s in just that short time. It was tragic. And I'm not going to try to relate anything of what he told me, but it was horrific, to say the least. And... I tried to convince him through the scriptures and with the scriptures that if he would just accept Christ, just as it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When I left that, that building and that home, I wasn't sure. He, had never, he never did make a profession that I know of. He might have later. I don't know. But God is there. He's available. Anyone that does not know him. If there's someone in here, I, in looking around, I know 99.9, .9, as they say, percent of the people in here, and uh, I've heard your testimony. I know uh, what, you're, uh, what, is, what you profess, and uh, it's to me, we're a family of God here. But if there is by any chance someone in here that has never really accepted Christ as their personal Savior, 
and you need to do that today. Either this morning here, seek one of us out, myself, uh, one of the men of the church that's, that would be, we'd be willing to talk to you and show you in the Bible if there's just one. And they say, well, everyone here accepted the Lord as their Savior. You know something? Uh, I used to preach, and I, I haven't mentioned this for some time, but uh, we have professing people that are not possessing people in many of our churches throughout this land. People that have sometimes grown up in the church and they claim to know the Lord because they grew up in the church. Their, their parents were uh, great Christian people. They followed the things of the Lord. They were taught the things of God. They were taught the Bible. They went through all of the Sunday school classes all their life. And boy, they, you know, they believed they were saved, but they had never come to that realization. I had that happen in my own family. My son, I was a pastor. I was preaching. He had supposedly made a faith when he was very young, when he was like eight, that sort of thing, seven or eight. But all he did was follow other people. He never said anything. He grew up under my teaching, under teaching in Sunday school that uh, was great. It was biblical. And he had heard the plan of salvation so many times. He had been out with me when I went soul winning. And he heard the gospel. He saw people accept Christ as their Savior. But it wasn't until he was, I believe, 17 and he was in his final years of high school, that he went to a Christian camp. And there was an evangelist there on a Wednesday evening that the Lord used to get through to him. And he accepted Christ as his Savior that night. And you know, there was a change. He had always lived that life. He's... When I saw him that evening, he looked at me and he says, Dad, I've been living a lie. That change and what he said made a big difference in my life. So there are those in churches that are good Bible-believing churches that Maybe they have thought they're saved and they've put on a good front. But now they, they know they're not. Maybe this morning someone here knows you're not. You've never really accepted Christ and had your sins forgiven. But you're just reluctant ashamed, whatever, to come to someone and openly and honestly say, I may have looked like it, but I'm not one of God's children. I need to talk to someone about that today. Well, if you do that, it would make, well, I don't know about the rest, but it would sure make me feel good and be happy. Because there's nothing greater than to see someone 
become a child of God and know for sure that one day we'll see them in heaven, no matter what happens on this earth. And that was only my first point. Sorry, but I guess it's not as short as I thought. But, you know, God is there, and he's, huh, he's there with his power. You know, when we have a problem and that, we need the power of God in our lives. You know, Paul had God's power. And a man by the name of Stephen had God's power in his life. And I'm not talking about the power to touch someone and heal them. I think those guys are far between lost, gone. I don't, I believe in God's healing, but I don't believe that they, he has uh, called a person today out to be a healer as such, to just say, oh, you are, no. But we can have God's power to be able to stand for righteousness, to be able to stand for truth, to be able to stand when all things look like they're down and gone. We can still stand because God is there with us. You know, it's when we are willing to pay the price to stand, and who knows in this country and the way it's going in the next few years, there may be some of us that are called upon to stand for God and stand for what we believe. And will we do it? You know, I've been thinking about that because uh, I've been, I don't know about if you do, but I get all these different emails telling me about the end times and uh, what uh, is going to happen next, and it's probably coming within the next months, and oh my goodness, I even got an email asking me if Pelosi was the uh, Antichrist. I mean, it's getting wild out there into what people are asking and believing. But it's that where we may have to stand and say, I am a child of God, and I'm not going to change that. Are we going to do it? God is there with us. He can help us to stand. And stand we will if we're willing to pay the price God asked for. And that is to live a life that would be honoring to him. To show that life to others. To be a witness and a testimony to others to be in prayer for others, to be in prayer for ourselves that we will stand. You know, I had a pastor one time that made this statement, and maybe you've heard it before, but he said, a person that is in much prayer will find much power from God. It's only through the time that we can spend with God that we're going to find the power that we need to stand for God. And many of us need that very, very desperately. Then, you know, something else, the Lord is at hand with something else, too. He's at hand with judgment. We don't like to always hear about that, do we? 
judgment. And, you know, there's a price to pay or there's a reward coming. You know, rewards come in different ways. Some are good ones, some are bad ones. Some that we like, some we don't like. And God's judgment will be, well, depending on how you are and how we are, what God's judgment is. In Numbers 32 and 23, it tells us that uh, for those that uh, do evil, there is a reward coming. He says, be sure your sin will find you out. One day, whatever we sow, uh, that shall a man also reap. So, the sin that we do. We need to, I keep thinking, if things go wrong in uh, this country and go against the things of God, uh, what about us? Now, God says that he's going to judge the nations one day, but that doesn't mean that we won't go through a horrible time till he does. And if and I I have trouble believing that we are leading right today into the tribulation, but I don't know. You know, the Lord could come back at any time, by the way. We don't have, who knows, we, we may have, but we may not have, uh, you know, the next 50 years, 100 years, 200 years. My goodness, we've been looking for the Lord for a long time. Paul was looking for the Lord when he was still on the earth. We need to be aware that God's judgment is sure. God's long-suffering, he's patient. But his time is in his own hand. He will bring what is needed. You know, for one of those of us that know the Lord as Savior and still once in a while we go into sin, sometimes I've known those that uh, will turn to sin because they like it, they like what it does, they like the pleasure. And the Bible tells us that there is pleasure in sin for a season, but that time will end. And when that time ends, God says there is punishment coming for it and it may be on this earth or it may be great loss when we get to heaven i've heard many of preachers oh you know god will take away things uh, you'll get your punishment while you're here you won't receive this but you know it's not going to stop just here when we get to heaven we're going to be missing out on a lot of things that we could have had had we heeded the warnings and not gone off into sin, even as one of God's children. He tells us that we will have loss of reward when we get there. How many crowns are you going to have to give the Lord back for what he has done for you? Do you ever think about that? What has God done for you that you would be willing to do something for him? We say, well, yes, he saved me. I'm going to heaven. Yes, we may be on our way to heaven, but what is there awaiting 
What kind of rewards? How close of a relationship do we have with God? You know, for those that are uh, unsaved and refuse to come to know Christ as Savior, there is a punishment coming, uh, and that, you know, that punishment will be found when they leave this earth. It'll be a great punishment. I believe that there are those that will be punished even here on this earth. They'll find where God will uh, not bless them. God will go against them, uh, especially if they turn against his people. I believe it'll happen. But it's up to God as to what he does and when. But, you know, an unsaved person is not going to be, (laughs) be with God in heaven. Someone that rejects the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior is going to find themselves in uh, one terrible place. It's a place called hell. Most of them don't, most unsaved that are really entrenched in their sin do not believe in that. They don't believe that uh, there is a punishment for all eternity. They believe that once they die, anything that happens to them here is their punishment. They're living in in a living hell right now. No. They're all going to find the truth the hard way if they do not come to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, an unsaved person, the only joy that they can really have and the only pleasure they can really have is what they have while they're here. Once they die, it's over. There is no second chance. It's all done. And one other thing, the Lord is at hand, at hand, and I've just alluded to it here a little bit ago, at the fact that he is coming again. We don't know when. We know that, as I put down on here, it could be at any moment. It's imminent. The Lord could return before I even finish speaking, and we'd face him. We would face him, and and we would be with him. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I don't know about you. Uh... I'm looking, as my wife said the other day when we were talking, she said, she's looking for the upper taker, not the undertaker, you know. Uh, And I'm getting close to the undertaker, so I'm looking for the upper taker. So (laughs) you can understand. But, you know, young people uh, say, I've got a long time to go yet. I can still make up my mind. No. You don't know that for sure. And I say young people. I'm talking about those that are, let's just say for now, under 65. (laughs) I'm a little bit over that. (laughs) But, you know, uh, we, we say, I've got time. You don't know that. You don't know when your time is going to be up. When... God may say, this is it. And you may not know 
And we don't. When the Lord is going to return and take his people home, we have no idea. We should be prepared and preparing for it now. In fact, Scripture tells us we're supposed to be watching for it. And in Matthew 24, it tells us that. In Mark 13, it tells us that, that we are to be looking for that. Uh, in Revelation, it tells us much about the fact that we should be looking because of what is coming. You know, he is, God is coming, or Jesus is coming, and he is God. He's going to return. He's going to take his own with him. Did you ever stop and think and just to look around at every person in this room? I have a better perspective than you do at the moment, but if the Lord were to come right now, how many seats would still be occupied? Think about it. Would you still be sitting in the seat when the rest were gone? Would you maybe show up on a service morning, a Sunday morning, and find out that just before you got here, everybody else was gone and no one came in? quite interesting I had we had a young man when I was in college that uh, and I think I've said this to some maybe my Sunday school class at one time or another but we had a young man that uh, was uh, late getting to class in college uh, early in the morning well he didn't know that that morning the music, uh, well, professor, one that had all the music and taught all the things in, in college, to have, he was in charge of them. And he had passed away. Well, this is a few hours later, and the college had come together. Well, they called everyone of the students that were there into the auditorium, into the chapel. And they were going to have prayer and a time together, you know, just to uh, family and for him. And, uh, you know, because he hadn't passed away yet, he was critical in the hospital. So they all got together, everybody, everybody in the offices. No one was anywhere else but in the chapel. Well, he was late and he was in a hurry, so he headed right for his first classroom. And when he got there, books were all laying on the tables, you know, on the desk. The teacher's stuff was still on her desk, and he walked in with no one there. What's going on? So he were, you know, out and went to the next classroom, and it was the same. Went to the next one, and it was the same. He was getting worried. So he headed for the office. He figured someone will be in the office. So he went into the office, chancellor's office, the whole, no one. 
Everything was just like it would have been in a workday. Papers here, you know, that sort of thing. And he got concerned. I mean, he thought he was the last one, and somehow his salvation wasn't true. And, boy, he's, he, he was telling us about it in chapel the next day. But it, he came running through the halls, looking and just quickly looking at every room. They were all the same. And he ended up just before you get into the chapel, and he stopped, and he heard singing. He couldn't, he said, what? And he goes over to the chapel, looked in. Everybody's in there. And he stood outside for a while, and then he walked, opened the door and came in, found a seat, and he found out. He found out that what had happened. He says he sat down right because he thought he had missed out on the rapture. I don't want anyone in here to miss out on the rapture or when you God takes you to be with him for anyone to, you know, when you pass out into eternity. I don't want anyone to miss out on being with God, being one of his children. So my prayer this morning is that you would accept Christ as Savior, if you haven't already. If you have, then join with the rest in praying for each other and for this country and that we would see God's people stand for righteousness. That's what basically I had, what my intention was this morning, to encourage you to stand for what is right, for what God has for us, to stand for the things that are in God's word, and not let those things around us tear us down, destroy us as God's people. Or rather, remember that God is at hand. He's there. He's willing to help. All we have to do is what he says and what he wants. I put two things down on here as my closing things where I said God is at hand. And it's two questions. Do you make use of even as Brother Matt said this morning in Sunday school, do you make use of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, in your life to help you, to comfort you, to strengthen you, to give you power, to, to help lift you up in time of need? Do you go to him? Do you make use of him? Then, are you watching for the Lord's return and working to help others as they go through life to continue to watch or to be a part, become a part of the house and family of God? Two big questions. And Brother Matt asked me this morning if I was going to have a uh, 
open an invitation, a come forward invitation. I told him at the time I didn't think so, but I'm not sure right now. Let me put it this way. When I have prayer, and I'm going to do so in just a little bit, when I have prayer, if there's those in here that you maybe are living a lie or you know definitely that you've never accepted Christ as Savior and you would like to do that, why don't you come down front and let someone take the word of God and just show you how you can know for sure you are of the family of God and that you'll be with him one day. And if there are those that just say, you know, I haven't been allowing God to be that close to me or I haven't been that close to him. I know him as Savior. I'm sure I'm on my way to heaven. But I've never really trusted him the way I should. And you just want to come down and have prayer on your own and just ask God to help you with that. I want you to do that this morning. I believe Brother Matt will be having some type of unless, yeah, I don't think, yeah, you do. Good, very good. Just our pianist, you're going to come down? You got something to give us that might help to encourage people to come and just come to the front while I have prayer and let God. Thank you.